Hi, and welcome to Still Listening. I'm your host, Eva Hibbs, and today I'm introducing the first episode in what will be a new direction for the podcast. Still Listening has always been about supporting emerging talent, finding artists who are producing great work and looking for somewhere to showcase it. It isn't a coincidence that a lot of the material we've featured has engaged with social issues. We've talked about extinction, clowning as therapy, and how the blind can be better integrated into daily life. Now, these sorts of topics will be a more prominent focus of the podcast. What was the Emerging Artist podcast is now Emerging Art for Social Change. For this episode, I talked to Freddie, a young singer-songwriter from London who, at age 17, is launching his music career. We speak about his work, whether being a musician is something you choose, and also what it means to be a teenager in an age where cameras are inescapable. Hope you enjoy. Sometimes it can be a mix, a mixture of emotion and thought, or it can be simply just one or the other. Like one of my songs I wrote, Change, that's currently out, um, that was about an issue of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, not to do with me, uh, but to do with um, my mate, and there's been other friends who've been going through the same thing, and that was just pure feeling. Didn't really, I didn't think about it, I kind of just sat there and was like, how can I go on in this world with all this pain? I know it's not for me, it's for the insane. So many people doubted the world, can't you see it too? So we Nobody 
chosen to be a musician I think so but I also think in a way it's fate to become a musician just because my exam results are so shit like, <laughs> I try so hard like, I honestly revise a lot and I get to the day I'm just like I cannot do this um, and then I kind of it kind of made me feel really shit doing these mm-hmm. exams and working really hard and not doing well and then I always thought, hmm, how will I get over these exams? Yeah. I'll go sit at a piano for two hours and just jam out. And I was like, wait. Are you talking about your GCSEs? Yeah, GCSEs were a bit of a, you know. They were all right. They were actually all right. But in terms of where I'm at, at my school, yeah. everyone's doing like straight A stars. Mm. All this Oxbridge. And yeah. Yeah. Which is totally cool, but I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't. But it's... Why do you think arts and the arts and drama are important? Yeah, I think it's important to have a creative mind. Because I don't think we can have a whole world of bankers and just when it wouldn't be good because you wouldn't have people like I know Elton John, who's such a big star, and Stevie Wonder. Yeah. What do you um, think these people do? Like what what do you think is the is the place for a creative mind? Well it's just the potential to bring more joy I think and arts and life into the world because what's quite bleak there's a lot of war going on and stuff you don't hear about um like in the press it's awful when terrorist attacks happen but um there'll always be these really great charity events like the one in Manchester after the bombing and music came through and and everyone came together yeah and I think that's why music's so important and arts in general Makes people come together, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Hugely, because everyone, because yeah. it's a universal language, mm. music. It's not just one, like a, a quite a basic example, but Despacito, it's, like, it's Spanish, but <laughs> everyone loves it. I mean, it's not on a deep level, but well, just sort of on on the same note of like music affecting change, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, music bringing forth issues or. Starting conversations, maybe. Yeah. And you spoke about sort of mental health issues. Yeah. I was wondering what you think, um, what part you think art sort of has to play, or art or music, more specifically, has to play in um, in starting these kinds of conversations. I think you have when you look at charity events in terms of these. Um, for people less fortunate in terms of mental health and what starts these conversations. It's, a lot of it's in the lyrics than the actual music itself. Like there was a song by The Fray, mm-hmm. How to Save a Life. 
and that's about mental health as well and you can see it through the music video as well but even listening to it um yeah it's and that about. really people really related to that didn't they yeah like that really say. took yeah. off yeah um so i think yeah it's so important um lyrics as well as the music but yeah <laughs> the and with teenagers a lot of people will just brush it off and say oh, it's, they're teenagers it's just hormones but a lot of the time it isn't yeah and some people speak out and no one will listen to them and some people will be bold and keep reaching out to people but if it's really bad people won't reach out to other people because they'll be like oh it's just a phase or it's just being a teenager yeah and I think it's sad and you, you don't see it in the media enough in terms of how, how much of an issue it is um but I think in terms of how we treat it as well, we're not tackling the real problems. Like we have so many pills, so many things. And I think that's not, it's kind of suppressing the problem of mm-hmm. mental health. It's not really dealing with it. I mean, it's, it's good temporarily. Yeah. If we could change it all together. Yeah. And get to the roots. In terms of people sort of your age and in your life yeah. how do you see these problems manifest what sorts of behaviours do you, do you see in people that you know they're like affected a lot of, a lot of behaviours I see is they just obviously they're not themselves anymore because you know someone for a long time and then they yeah. go through this and they're just not themselves they're not doing what they love mm. they're kind of closing themselves off um or they just being really secretive about everything. About right. Everything just. And it, how do you how do you think people respond to it? Is do you feel generally that it's just a sort of thing? It gets brushed under the carpet. Yes. Like, or it gets ignored. Or do you think people actually mis misinterpret it? I think, yeah, half misinterpretation, half just brushing it under the carpet. Because if people did realise how bad it was, they wouldn't brush it under the carpet. But there's obviously some people, there's always your person that will. and there's, But I think the majority of it is misinterpreting it. Because people get sad all the time. It's not it's not unusual, but for a long amount of time and it's becoming more serious and noticing these characteristics of people that are going through these problems um, is when you do realise. Yeah. I think we can't just accept it and say this is... Because there's so many... Like mitigating factors of why people get to that stage. Yeah, I and think. Do you want to talk a bit about those? Yeah, I think especially as a teenager, social media yeah. is terrible. It's so poisonous. It is awful. And I'm quite lucky because I, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> I see all these people. Well, I say they're partying all the time. Yeah. It's selective. They obviously... Just choose right, that moment. For sure. I mean, I'm almost like a decade older than you, and I was just on the verge of social media coming in. We have MySpace and you know, yeah. even one channel yeah. that has like none of the capabilities that like yeah. Facebook or Instagram or Twitter have. And it was like your obsession. Yeah. And yeah. even now, you know, it's it plays on insecurities in people that are fully grown adults. So I can't yeah imagine what it would be like when you're fully It's horrible. In, yeah. So social, so social media as being as being a tool to kind of fuel like anxiety. Yeah, hugely. Yeah. And all these people always choose the best image of themselves. 
I mean, including me, I've done it loads of times. I've because I don't want to. I don't have bad stuff up there because I'm worried about what people see and what people think. Yeah. And I think that's been moulded by my environment and by social media hugely. Mm-hmm. Um. But and people, so, what what do you think? What do you think would send somebody into a depressive loop with that? If um. Well, like you say, like saying the wrong thing, or yeah. Um, I think what stuff would be on social media. Yeah. When people just keep posting, like photos and videos of parties and, like no one cares. Like <laughs> no one cares. You're just making people feel bad that maybe not, maybe don't have that kind of. They probably have a lot of friends, but they're not that kind of social life. And they right, may okay. feel, oh, I don't, I'm not going to party. Yeah. I'm not being invited. So it's this sort of presentation. Of yeah. The, the fun-filled yeah. life that exactly. your life if you're on your own on, on your computer exactly. it's not living up to that yeah and yeah. also I think in photography like because a lot of people post photos yeah actually, the phrase angles is everything it's true and you'll get you get some picture of someone <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a teenage thing all these girls are like yeah, make sure you get the right angle and they'll stand in the right light or they'll do something and like, they'll look a certain way in their photo. They'll look like incredibly skinny or they'll be like incredibly like definition or like and all that stuff. Then it's an unrealistic body type. Yeah. And it's already been proven in loads of studies that it creates a lot of anxiety and depression yeah. in kids. Unfortunately, Freddie's experience is not a rare one. With one in four children under the age of 11 in the UK having a Facebook account, it's no surprise that online personas are becoming more important than ever. Last year, the Royal Society for Public Health found Instagram to be the most detrimental to young persons' mental health and well-being. Perhaps it's no coincidence that this platform exists solely to exchange photographs, proving the extent to which we fill our lives and how we look when we're doing it. Today, more than 750,000 Britons suffer from an eating disorder, and collectives like the RSPH's Young Health Movement claim social media isn't exactly an innocent party in all of this. To see details of the RSPH's findings and proposals, including a stamp to highlight when photos have been digitally manipulated, check out hashtag status of mind report. You'll find a link on our podcast webpage. your mate you're like that mate I'm feeling quite so the reason that they would take the piss out of you is because they would see you were getting special treatment yeah and they be. would and they would sort of interrogate about what that was for yeah exactly right okay um and how would people your age respond to that to the answer of it being about mental health um so there is a lack of space but I think in terms of privacy I think it's because people just can't keep a secret, like, at our age, I feel. Like, they say they can. Yeah. And then they'll go and gossip to their best mate. They'll gossip to their best mate. Yeah. And do you think that that is always with bad intention, that that information is No, I don't, think it is, I don't think it is in bad intention. I think people just, like I said, tell their best mates, expecting them 
keep it a secret and then they'll be like oh it's fine I will so they'll yeah. only tell their best mate who will only tell their best mate why do you think it is that people talk about it like that in that fashion um what do they talk about so secretively do you mean yeah why why is it passed on as a secret why is it why why is there that impulse to to share it as a secret I think people just like telling secrets. But I wonder why it is a secret, you know? If if somebody at your school said, was getting special treatment because they had broken their arm. Yeah. And they, or it was something that people couldn't even see. Yeah. uh, Something to do with their blood or, I don't know, whatever, their nervous system or something. Um, And they were getting special treatment for that. Mm -hmm. Would people talk about it as if it was a secret? Is it even a piece of information that's worth passing on? Like, what does I that... I think people get so bored because everyone... There's no, like, real gossip because everyone's with each other all the time when there's mm. going on. So I think the littlest bit of information yeah. will be kept a secret. Like, you'll have situations where people talk about it covertly, but everyone knows that everyone knows, but they'll still yeah. covertly talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite interesting. I know what you mean. I can never, yeah, can't really quite put my finger on it. So Freddie's now going to play live for us um, another one of his new songs called Your Roof on the piano in his lovely house in Putney. Uh, So yeah, take it away, Freddie. Looking at you is the only thing keeping me sane when it rains. Probably doesn't mean anything to you, but it means a world to me. You're so damn beautiful, it's a shame you don't see it too. I really want to learn how to dance, but I heard it takes two.
Dios. Well, I hope you enjoyed the first in a new series of the Still Listening podcast. You can find more info on Freddie, his work, and the Still Listening project on our website, stilllistening.co.uk. If you or anyone you know is an artist making work with social change in mind, get in touch at stilllisteningpodcast.gmail.com. Alternatively, find us on Facebook, Twitter, or down the pub. All the best, stay connected, and keep listening. Keep listening.